It may be chilly outside, but you are too cold for strongholds. On this episode of The Grind to Find, I'll be discussing strongholds and giving you some tips and tricks to keep them in your rear view. So get yourself ready because Operation Spiritual Mindset Elevation starts right now. Greetings, beautiful people. Greetings and welcome to The Grind Defined. Terrell and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achieving women find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being by bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. This show today, I am so extremely excited to share with you because it's multifaceted. It goes in so many different ways, as you will find out once we glide into the concept content for today, but too hot to handle and we're definitely too cold for strongholds. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before I get into the juice of everything, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to check me out here today on The Grind to Find. If you are new here, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you've been here before, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back because you know there's so much more for us to talk about and so much more for us to do. Uh, If you haven't already, please log on to The Grind to find.com click on feed that way you can follow me in whatever app you choose listen the grind to find is available everywhere that you can get a podcast also aside from the grind to find being available everywhere love radio network which picked up the grind to find so excited you can get them nationwide you can get us nationwide so make sure that when you click on to thegrindtofind.com, you decide how you want to follow me. Make sure you click that notification bell so that you are updated when I upload. But if you want a little bit more than just to know when I upload, you want to know about the behind the scenes and some really cool things that I have coming up for 2022. But even before we get to that point, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has supported the show up until this point. And uh, I want to make sure that I share some goodies with you. You'll have to log on to thegrindtofind.com and click on join the list so that you're on the list and you'll be updated about those things and get first dibs on what's about to drop. Trust me, you don't want to miss what's about to drop. And to give you an idea, a little bit of an idea of what's about to drop, if you've been listening to this show from the beginning since we aired on September 10th of this year, then you know that because I'm a spiritual mindset coach, I dig a lot into some of the many layers that are within each and every one of us as human beings. And you know, it's okay to listen to this show. Some of you have um, been corresponding with me via email. You let me know, you know, that you take notes and any questions or anything that you may have. But beyond that, I know that when you're dealing with material, like the material that I present, it's always good to have a space in which it's safe and it's comfortable for you to dig deeper into these things because at the end of the day, we're evolutionary creatures. We're constantly, constantly evolving. And it's always great when you run across something that resonates with you to be able to comb through, pick through it, get deep into it, 
and to make sure that you're able to embody those aspects of that information that resonates with you so that you can get it working for you and um, have some tools in your tool chest to be able to level up. So when you're on that list, you're going to get information about those things that are to come. And uh, I look forward to being able to spend more time with you, be it me supporting you through some of the material that you've been able to listen to and you have questions about, or just getting into some thought-provoking conversation about some of these things. And not only that, it's not just about the individualized perspective, but it's also about getting together as a community. You know, it's always better when you're dealing with this type of information, when we're talking about mindset, we're talking about our spiritual mindset, we're talking about the human condition and some of the challenges that we go through within life, within our minds. It's always good to make that a collective conversation, a communal conversation, if you will. And so I wanted to make sure that TGD listeners had the opportunity to have first dibs on seats in the classes that are to come. And so that's the reason why I'm mentioning that here on air today. Another great thing about what's to come is when you talk about having a conversation that includes a group of maybe you and some of your closest people, that whole communal aspect, that's so important to me that I'm going to have opportunities available where if there's someone out there who says, hey, I've listened to some things. I have a few of my girlfriends. I want us to get together and do this together. Awesome. If you decide that you want to host one of these classes with me, then your space would be complimentary, right? (laughs) I know that's kind of cool, isn't it? Because I thought that, you know, sometimes this type of content where we're talking about mindset and really having these conversations, it's a space of vulnerability that the individuals involved have to be ready for. And so if you're that person who's saying, you know what, I value this for myself. I don't want to go into this alone. I want to have some people with me because it's always great to have that support system and for us to be able to get together and go through this work together, then I want to make sure that um, you're recognized and rewarded for having the courage to have a collective like this for yourself and for your friends or family or whoever it may be that you want to participate. So make sure that you go to thegrindtofind.com. And if you're not already on on the list, then you go ahead and join the list because within the coming weeks, there will be information about more information about what that's all about and what you would have to do to get yourself and your squad signed up to be a part of these amazingly powerful experiences that are to come very soon. Let me tell you guys something. I absolutely, positively love what I do. I live for that moment when the light bulb comes on and when the person that I'm working with all of a sudden connects to what they've been missing all of those years, all of those different times. That is the natural high that I get. So I am so excited and so very proud of what is to come because there's nothing that makes me happier than being a tool that God uses to facilitate change, to to facilitate who he is within my brother or my sister. So exciting times ahead, fun times, fun times. (laughs) All right, all right. So getting into our conversation about strongholds today, yeah, listen, there are so many different strongholds that we all have, but maybe we're going through life and not necessarily thinking what we're dealing with has anything to do with a stronghold. So 
Just to set up where we're going today, I want to take and recap just a little bit from episode nine. I'm not going to go deep into that because for anyone who's missed it, you can definitely go back and check out that episode when you get the opportunity. But what we did talk about were some God identity basics within that episode. And according to, we visited uh, Ephesians chapter one, verses three through 14, where Ephesians basically tells us who we are in God, what our God identity is. And so just to recap those five things that Ephesians talks about, Ephesians tells us that number one, we're set free. Number two, we're covered by grace. Number three, we're adopted. Number four, we're accepted. And number five, we are guaranteed. And the challenges to all of those for uh, being set free is that within this world, sometimes we feel like we are in chains, that we're bound. Even though we're covered by grace in this world, we will feel like we were, we're uh, subject to and under the law of this land. Even though we are adopted by God, a lot of the times we'll go through this world feeling abandoned and orphaned. Even though we're accepted by God, we all grapple with feelings of rejection, feeling rejected throughout things. And even though God guarantees everything that he says that we are, we still may have spaces of uncertainty. So with those five challenges, to our God identity that most of us, if not all of us at some point in time have felt with those challenges there, you add the layer of strongholds that we may face throughout life at any given time. And there are lots of strongholds, but for the purposes of our conversation today, I'm only gonna touch on four. And those strongholds that I'm gonna touch on are gonna be poor self-esteem, unbelief, fear, which is a huge one, and disobedience. Now, why did I choose these four? Well, I chose these four because first and foremost, tis the season for entrepreneurship. I'ma tell you something, COVID-19 was a blessing in disguise in so many different ways, so many different ways that I don't know if a lot of people out there realize that it's just God in motion, <laughs> really. I mean, because there are a lot of folks out there who would not have just sporadically made the moves that they made in the face of the tremendous loss, not just of finances. A lot of people have lost um, property, lives. Of course, there, there were a lot of lives that were lost, um, but a lot of folks would not have been as bold as they were to make some of the decisions that they made that have now changed their lives for the better. And let's just face it, if, if you're an entrepreneur like myself, it is not easy at all. It is an ongoing challenge that you have to be up to. You're constantly thinking out of the box, constantly leveling yourself up, constantly looking for new community, new opportunity. There's a lot going on. I'm preaching to the choir for those of you who are entrepreneurs. But at the end of the day, so many folks have decided to bet on them as opposed to keeping themselves saddled to corporate America, which COVID-19 exposed as being completely and totally unreliable in a lot of ways. Now that's not to down anyone who's blessed enough to have uh, kept their employment through COVID-19 and are in a stable space with their corporate jobs. No shade at all. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there are a lot of people who unfortunately did not have that same outcome for them. So to be able to use that hurdle and flip it in their favor is great. But at the end of the day, making the decision to take that step and to make that move into entrepreneurship is challenging enough without having some of the challenges that live within our minds and within our hearts about who God says we are not. 
So many of us are living out who God says we are not. And that makes it hard for us to really get through to um, who God says we are and to be able to connect to that on that deeper spiritual level. And so that, my friend, would be considered a stronghold. That's the reason why I thought that this was an important conversation to add to our conversation this month on God identity. So with that little bit of foundation, I'm going to go ahead and get us flowing into too hot to handle, too cold for strongholds. Let me begin by posing a few questions that we're going to revisit later on in the conversation, but I want you to just have them on your mind as we go through content today. Question number one, have you ever prayed for or desired confirmation of your movements? Question number two, do you trust the voice within? And question number three, have you allowed fear to silence your voice within? Okay, so just keep those at the forefront of your mind. Now, in episode nine, we talked just a little bit about physical representations of identity where we will affix our identity to things in our external world. For example, we talked about jobs, we talked about financial status, we talked about success, those folks who are high achievers, who attach who they are to what they accomplish, grades, appearance. We talked a little bit about modification of uh, bodies. We see a lot of that with the plastic surgery nowadays. People not necessarily looking to enhance what they look like, but to change what they look like in order to make themselves more appealing to others. And we also talked about how these things, because they are not static, there are ebbs and flows to all of these things. Your financial status can change. You can lose your job. You can achieve lots of things, but then get to a point where you're not able to achieve at the rate that you were before. Your appearance absolutely can and always does change. And so we talked about when your identity is attached to external things, your identity can be shaken very easily. We all have at some point in time experienced failure and losing favor of others or becoming burned out when it comes to jobs or being able to achieve in the way that we're accustomed to. And so in just a little bit, you'll be able to see how many of those physical connections that we make to our identity can feed these strongholds and keep us bound and actually away from owning and living in our divine design, the thing that God created us to do and the way in which he wants us to serve and move within that thing. So I think it would be helpful to add some spiritual context to our conversation today. And to do that, I'm going to tell you the story of Gideon. And you can find this story in Judges in the Bible, chapters uh, six through eight. Of course, the version is going to be NIV, but um, I'm just going to get right into it. So if you like to hit, hit go. So the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And as punishment, the Lord decided that for seven years, he was going to give them over to the Midianites. Now, the Midianites were crazy oppressive, all right? And because they were so oppressive to the Israelites, what the Israelites would do to try to add a little bit of distance between them and the Midianites is they would prepare their shelters in the mountain cliffs and caves, and there they would plant their crops. 
And it didn't take long before the Midianites would come and invade where they lived. They would take and camp on the land and ruin all of the crops. And not just the crops, but they would ensure that no sheep or cattle or donkeys, anything was left living. In fact, the Midianites' presence was so overwhelming and all-encompassing that Judges chapter 6 verse 5 refers to their presence as being like swarms of locusts, just overtaking, overpowering everything that the Israelites had. And so naturally, when the Israelites got to the point of extreme deprivation and starvation because everything was ravaged by the Midianites, they cried out for help to the Lord. Now in Judges chapter 6 verses 7 through 10, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites with this response. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. Meanwhile, Gideon was off hiding, threshing wheat for him and his family because he didn't want to get caught by the Midianites. So in Judges chapter 6 verse 12, an angel appeared to Gideon and says to him, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, <laughs> even God has a sense of humor. Yes, he does. Because imagine an angel of the Lord sitting down next to the man hiding over in a corner someplace trying to hurry up and get grain together for his family, addressing him as a mighty warrior. So anyway, in Judges 6, chapter 13, Gideon responds to the angel of the Lord by saying, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. So then the Lord turned to him. And so then the Lord turned to Gideon and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? So Gideon was like, okay, I'm not understanding the fact that it seems as though he's not understanding. So he says again, and this is Judges chapter 6 verse 15, hearten me my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. So the Lord answers, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites leaving none alive. So Gideon again was like, hmm, okay. Now, now get this. Gideon is bartering with his creator. And for those of you listening to this, do not try and act like you have not done it once or twice or 1900 times. <laughs> I have indeed tried to barter with my creator. It didn't work out well for me because I clearly did not know what the heck I was talking about, but that's a completely and totally different story for a different day. Anyway, so Gideon goes on because he needs to be clear about everything that's going on and he he has to be sure that this is truly the Lord that's talking to him. So in Judges chapter 6 verse 17, Gideon says to the Lord, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And so the Lord plays along because he knows that that's what we need. And he says, okay, I will wait until you return. So Gideon goes off to get his offering for the Lord. He returns. He brings the offering back. It's the meat and the unleavened bread. And so the angel tells Gideon how to prepare the bread and the meat. Gideon does so. And when the 
fire flared from the rock after the angel touched the tip of the rock with the staff. The meat was consumed, the bread was consumed, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when that happened, Gideon realized that, wow, this was the angel of the Lord. And so that was Gideon's proof. He was like, yes, it was him. I'm glad you're here. And the Lord said to Gideon in Judges uh, chapter 6, verse 23, peace did not be afraid. You are not going to die. The Lord then goes on to instruct Gideon to tear down the altar that his father built to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Now for clarity, Asherah is a Ugaritic goddess, a deity, so the pole was used by the Canaanites to honor her. So after Gideon tears down the altar, he's to build an altar to honor the Lord his God, and in doing so, God wants him to use the Asher pole that he used to cut down Baal's altar and offer the second bull from his father's herd as a burnt offering to the Lord. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did exactly as the Lord told him to do. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night instead of during the daytime. Now, in the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar just demolished. The Asher pole was beside it, cut down. The second bull had been sacrificed and it was over there laying off to the side. And then there was a newly built altar. And the people in the town were like, uh-uh, who did this? Who in the world decided that they were going to tear down Baal's altar? So it didn't take long before the townspeople came to the conclusion that this was Gideon, that it desecrated Baal's altar. And because it was their God, they were like, oh no, he done lost his mind. I don't know what's going on. He usually over in a corner dealing with the weed or whatever had from people. And then now he gonna come out here and just show up and show out while we're all counting sheep, while we're getting some sleep. So they were like, absolutely not. We're not having it. Gideon's gotta go. So Gideon's father was like, uh, no, that's not what's gonna happen. That's not really how this whole thing is gonna go down because it's father was like since Baal is considered a god can he handle his own business in um Judges chapter 6 verse 31 Gideon's father even tells him whoever fights for Baal should be put to death by the morning so when he said that everybody was like well you know they took some time to reconsider it, and they're like well I mean we're not trying to go down for the old dirt nap however they still felt it necessary that people know that Gideon had done them wrong so what they did was they got together and gave Gideon a new name and it was Jerubal which was letting everyone know that Gideon was an offender to Baal but they decided that it was in their best interest not to touch Gideon. So shortly thereafter the spirit of the Lord came on to Gideon and he blew a trumpet and when he blew this trumpet he was summoning the Abizrites to follow him and along with them following him there were also messages sent throughout the neighboring land that let others know to come up to meet Gideon for this battle that was going to happen. Now at this point, everything is starting to come together for battle and Gideon is becoming more and more nervous. So much so that he reverts back to exactly what he did earlier on in this story, bartering with God. Judges chapter 6, 37 through 40, Gideon goes on to tell God that if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and all of the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. So naturally, God humors him and shows up and does exactly as Gideon asked. But still, you would think that that would be enough. Of course not. Of course it's not enough. So then Gideon goes on to say to God after that, don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. So that night, again, God did exactly as Gideon asked. Hmm. 
But do you think that's enough, right? Was it enough? Eventually, in the end, it did end up being enough for Gideon. And I'm going to stop the story right here, but that's because understand, as always, as I always say, I am summarizing big time these stories. I left out so much information. So if you're not familiar with the story of Gideon, as told in Judges chapter 6 through 8, then definitely go and check that out. And if you are familiar, then maybe it's a good time to refresh yourself on this story. But um, I'm going to stop right here with the story simply because I've gotten enough of the story to put into context some of our discussion today. So let's get right to it. So let me begin by refreshing your memory about the four strongholds that I mentioned earlier in this episode. And those were poor self-esteem, unbelief, fear, and disobedience. The story of Gideon is perfect for these strongholds because Gideon dealt with all of these things when it came time for him to face God. Let's begin with talking about poor self-esteem. Now, if you remember in Judges chapter 6, verse 15, when Gideon asked God, pardon me, Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest and I am the least in my family. Gideon did not think much of himself. And that's why he didn't understand why the angel was coming to him and saying that he was a mighty warrior in God's sight. This is similar to a lot of us and how we live our lives. When we talk about poor self-esteem, really what we're talking about is how we see ourselves and how the way in which we see ourselves is not in alignment with who God says that we actually are, or who we were created to be. So poor self-esteem will happen when part of our identity is attached to our present environment or or things around us or experiences that we've previously had. But at the end of the day, our environment, the experiences that we've had, some of the people that we've encountered and maybe some decisions that we've made or even situations that we found ourselves in because of circumstance, those things do not write on the soul of who a person is. And the only way that we can rise above poor self-esteem and feeling less than who we were created to be is to really have a foundation, a spiritual foundation foundation in our God identity. And that just comes with patience, time, study, meditation, dedication, lots of other things. My point is, is that you have to want to believe God's truth about who you are. And a lot of the times wanting to believe can push us over the mark that keeps us stuck at the space where we don't believe. If there is a desire, a big enough desire for anything, then that's half the battle won in bringing that thing that you want into fruition in your life. So now let's talk a little bit about unbelief. And unbelief, this is an important conversation to have because no matter what we desire in this life, it all begins with whether or not we truly believe it can happen. And not that it, not only that it can happen, but that it will happen. And this is an important point because at the end of the day, we are going to live to and realize what we truly believe on the inside of us. This is the reason why Gideon, throughout the story, no matter how much God showed him, he still needed more and more and more confirmation, more affirmation from God, even in the face of everything that he had already seen. Well, I think the same thing is true in our lives. There are tons of instances throughout the course of our lives where we have risen above a horrible situation. 
bad situations, challenging situations, uncomfortable situations, whatever type of situation was unpleasant, you've had many instances, even if there were a bunch of different circumstances, different people, places, doesn't matter. We've had those lows and have always managed to go back up to a high, but for some reason, no matter how many times we come back up from a high, a lot of us tend to stay in that space of the low and doubting that we'll ever come up again. And I think that that happens because unbelief happens because there's an unrealistic expectation about life overall. At the end of the day, there are a lot of people out there who are desiring to come to a space where challenges are no more, where adversity is no more. And the truth of the matter is that that's not life. In order for us to continue to level up and reach higher and higher within our time here on this planet, we have to experience being down in order to get up higher and higher and higher. It is a necessary part of life. And when you start to embrace that this is a necessary part of life and instead of crumbling when you're on a low if anything praise god because anytime you're on a low anytime there's disruption then that means that the next level is just around the river bend we just have to be open to what the process is for us to go through in order to get to that level because the next levels we have to be prepared for god is preparing us for those spaces when they happen so in order for us to be prepared we have to go through that refinement process and that process is not a one shot through it and done that process continues to happen over and over and over again until uh, in the words of my grandmother this head cools and we are no more so the next on the list is fear and how appropriate, right? Because once we deal with the image that we have of ourselves, poor self-esteem, and then work on our ability to be able to believe in not only who we are in God, but what is possible with God, because God is completely and totally boundless, then now it's only natural that we have to face fears that are always around. Again, a necessary, I call it a necessary evil, but it's really not evil. Fear is actually fuel. If you see it that way, fear can either cripple you or fuel you. And so at this point to have to examine how fear shows up in our life and how it can impede progress for us and be completely and totally disruptive to the spiritual foundation of our mind. That's something that's so important for us to take into account. Fear actually incapacitates, paralyzes, and makes you a victim before there's even an attack. Think about that, right? Think about being killed or taken out before you're even attacked. That is exactly what fear does. And it actually deprives you of joy and anything that you can have in the present moment because you're anticipating the possibility of something happening. And it's not just, excuse me, it's not just anticipating that possibility, tongue tied, but it's also the story that we create around the possibility that something could go wrong and how that story can continue to rope and be fed. And then things from our past, experiences from our past, uh, those things come up and become a part of this new story that can go on and on and on that we will tend to feed because of fear. So it's so important to be aware that fear is something that we need because in a lot of different ways, fear helps to keep you focused and connected to what it is that 
you want to accomplish and what you want to achieve. And, and when we understand that it's something that's intended to serve us and to be fuel for us, then we stop allowing it to be a space of uh, crippling disruption because I think that there's disruption that's fruitful and then there is disruption that's just completely and totally toxic, all right? Last, but definitely not least on the list is disobedience. I want to draw you back to the questions that I posed at the beginning of this, just to refresh your memory, there were three. Number one, have you ever prayed for or desired confirmation of your movements? Number two, do you trust the voice within? And number three, have you allowed fear to silence your voice within? So these three questions all tie into disobedience, but I want to talk uh, more about them in just a second. But in the context of our conversation, those questions in connection to disobedience is important because that voice within, I believe that that voice within is from God. That voice, our intuition is meant to lead us toward what God truly wants for us. And if we've positioned ourselves in our life to mistrust ourselves or to, because if you mistrust that voice, then you mistrust yourself and your connection to God. If we're in that space, then we're spending most of our days putting a wall around us from what God wants for us in this life and us actually showing up to be a part of what God wants. Because at the end of the day, there's no way for us to truly feel connected to and love ourselves in God's image if we don't even trust ourselves enough to listen to the voice within. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, friend, it's time for you to come out of that stronghold of disobedience. Take the word of God as your guide and instruction and begin to do according to the word. This is so very important because a lot of the times we see the word of God and some of the restrictions within that word as things that are going to bind us and keep us away from the things that we truly desire. But the truth of the matter is, is at the end of the day, we don't even know how to desire abundantly without connection to God. We tend to focus on things that validate us within this world, that make us feel a sense of connection within this world. There's so much of who we are that we've allowed to be necessary and it's external, it's not internal. And the problem with that is whenever we're connected to external things, by design, they're only temporary. There's a constant ebb and flow to those things that there is no getting around. And then we wonder why we have the ebbs and flows with acceptance within ourselves. It's impossible to find a space of true belonging that exists outside of you. And so that's the reason why obedience to the word of God is so very important because it's a template, if you will, a blueprint so that you're conditioned to believe what comes from within as opposed to attaching yourself to everything that is outside of you. So back to the questions. Have you ever prayed for or desire confirmation of your movements? I think that for the average person, the answer to this is going to be yes. We've all prayed for and desire confirmation of what we want to do and how we should go about doing it. But at the end of the day, do you have poor self-esteem that you're dealing with? Are you grappling with unbelief? Are you riddled with fear? And are you just hell-bent on your way 
being the way, being in control first? Because if so, then are you really opening yourself up to the answers that would come in relation to your ask for the confirmation that you want? Are you really open to receiving those things if you're in this space? To question two, do you trust the voice within? Well, I just talked about that. Do you hear that voice and then try to talk yourself around it? For example, someone will say, God, give me a sign. And then you'll have a voice that you feel that you hear within or a feeling that you have. And when you have it, the first thing you do is question it. Well, is that really God? How do I know? <laughs> so yeah, if that's the space that you're in, then you're most likely dabbling with or toiling with some unbelief and you're toiling with some some disobedience. And I would have to, to say probably some self-esteem too. That would be what I would think in that situation. The last question, have you allowed fear to silence your voice from within? Have you heard that voice? And when that voice answered to you, it was something bigger than what you thought or something outside of what you even imagined possible or something that maybe didn't even seem like you. Well, why would something that's greater than you be anything other than the voice of God? Getting there, yeah, we, we might not know how to do because we're carnal. We think of everything physically first, but anytime you hear it and it's something that would elevate you, you don't have to know the way right away. The only thing you would need to do is accept what you hear and then go into your space of meditation to clear yourself out and prayer to find out what God has on the list next for you. So there's so much more that I could say about this, but I'm going to I'm going to put a stop in this uh, for the moment because there's more for us to explore. The month is still young when we're talking about the different aspects of God identity. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to the grind to find a day. If you haven't already, log on to thegrindtofind.com. Click on feed so that you can choose whichever app you want, whatever platform you want, because The Grind Defined is available anywhere that you can find a podcast. But first and foremost, you can definitely from thegrinddefined.com, click on Love Radio Network and get connected to The Grind Defined and everyone else there on that amazing network. You can find out more that's going on with me and the show. But if you want to do more than be alerted about the show, then definitely you're going to want to join the list. And when you join the list, you are going to be in divine timing to be a part of some things that are coming up in the next week or two that I'm going to be announcing on the list. Some things that uh, for my, my VIP people, because I'm I mean, hey, I believe in appreciating those who appreciate the grind to find and what it is that I do. I do it because of you. I, I really do. And so I, I want everyone to know who subscribed to the list, who listens to this show. I don't take that lightly. I truly appreciate it. And uh, all I do is think about different ways for us to dig deeper together and to make sure that you have the support that you need for whatever direction you want to take um, in terms of broadening yourself spiritually and setting that spiritual mindset for yourself. So got some goodies coming up and I want you to be in on that so please www.thegrinddefined.com click on join the list to make that happen and uh i just want to say that i hope that this weekend is a phenomenal weekend for you and that you have yourself set to glide into next week kicking in the door on monday like a child of god should and i'll leave you with this always define your grind and never let the grind define you daryl and michelle out until next time peace and abundant blessings Thank you.